Wilder, what a good time we had at our Instagram Live where we reviewed crawdads and we got some pretty major kudos so good for us right well, that's good what were yeah. our kudos i didn't well, I, wasn't I mean yeah kudos. there's some comments in there and i think people enjoyed it when they came we had some interesting information maybe they didn't know before so um but it was fun i had a good time what about you um i i learned how to use instagram so that was good yeah that's a good thing instagram <laughs> instagram live's a good thing so thanks everybody for coming check often and see what we're going to be doing up there we'll be doing it again we're not sure where, but today we're going to, I, you know, you know me, first of all, I never think a series should have a second season if it wasn't part of the original uh, storyline. I, you suggested we do the bear, but I had heard it a bunch of places too. So I had just started watching it. Yeah. Today we're going to talk about the bear, which I, okay, I don't say this often. I think it's one of the finest series I've seen in the last year what about you i was very curious how you were going to react to this i i loved it yeah. i absolutely loved it all right let's just I give a little bit of the whole season little bit of background so uh a a young chef a very successful chef getting high kudos everywhere he goes but an odd duck doesn't really fit in society he had been very close to his brother growing up his brother took over the family restaurant, which was a sandwich sandwich shop in Chicago, and he would never let him come and work with him. Fast forward, brother commits suicide, leaves the, the, um, the sandwich shop to him. He comes back to run it. Also, I think ostensibly to just figure out what happened to the man who, who he was closest to. And the, the strength of the performances is unbelievable, mm -hmm. but also the storyline of, you know, especially at a time when we're all so tense and we're getting through COVID three, four and five, and mm -hmm. we're just trying to get through it all. The stress that everyone's feeling is, is there everywhere. And Jeremy Allen White plays Carmi or Carmen Berzado, who's the, uh, the guy who's come back to run the, the restaurant. And he was in shameless which i never saw did you see it oh you never watched shameless i never did no you should so I... go watch shameless okay um the first five seasons of shameless are fantastic well, uh, and he's one of the best parts of it well by the way i think he's one of the great actors if i were 30 years younger and i and he wanted to be my girl my boyfriend i would be like where do you want me to go i'll do whatever you say you know whatever i think i just think once he, i'm sorry to tell you he is married and has children well um, he's just an amazing amazing fantastic. actor he wears it all on his sleeve he it all hangs out with him and the yeah. storyline talk to me about the storyline what do you think i mean i i think it's it's really poignant it's really important and it's very subtle um you how know you they're never talk, talk to me about how you why you think it's important I, I think a lot of people deal with this. This is, you know, Jeremy Allen White's character, Carmi, is a world-renowned chef. And he became a world-renowned chef because his older brother wouldn't let him work in his restaurant. And it was kind of his fuck you. Restaurant's a high-level word for the, for, it was a sandwich. It was sandwich a sandwich shop. diner. Um, yeah, exactly. And it's the family sandwich shop. It's been in the family for generations, obviously. And his older brother, Mike, is the one who was, who was running it and taking it over. And he would never let Carmi work there. And so Carmi as he's losing touch with his brother goes out on his own and decides I'm going to become the best chef you've ever seen just to spite you. And he does, 
he is one of the youngest uh, starring chefs in the world. Um, he has worked at the best restaurants in the world and his brother commits suicide. And the show opens as Carmi is kind of finding his way back into the beef, which is the family restaurant. And the, he's left, his brother has left the restaurant to him after years of not letting him work there. And so Carmi is trying to make sense of what the hell happened. His brother was an addict. He was addicted to pain pills. He committed suicide. Carmi felt that they were really close when they were younger, but obviously they, they drifted in later years. And his brother's best friend, Richie, is the one who's, who runs the day-to-day. But he didn't- actually his cousin, but yeah. Not his cousin. Calls him his cousin. Isn't actually related. Oh, I um, thought they were they're cousins. They're best friends. Okay. Um, they were best friends. And he, Carmi's just desperately trying, he's, he's trying to fix the restaurant. And there is, there is a moment in, I think it's the finale, um, over the course of the, the episodes, Carmi is introduced to Al-Anon, um, which for those of you who don't know is, uh, it's for people who are friends and family of those who are addicts to support them. And Carmi's never been, his sister is the one who's trying to push him to go. And Carmi goes and he sits and he listens, but it's not until the finale that he gets up and he talks. Oh, and it's a monologue that go- I think- It's unbelievable. You know, the, the, the series, I think it was two years ago, unbelievable. There's a seven minute model uh, seven minute duologue between two people in a car, which the director and writer almost didn't do because they said you can't do seven minutes of two people mm. talking in a car. This is a monologue he does. I think it's about six minutes long. And that man, his timing is impeccable. Every word is beautifully done. I, I, I think it's really a performance that that's Emmy Emmy uh Emmy. Yeah. I was actually mm. bummed that they released it when they did because it's not eligible for Emmys this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think I think Jeremy is unbelievably talented. He he has this ability to be vulnerable and emotional without letting it deter him. Well, and even I, you know, I, I and not only not let letting him deter him, he doesn't ask you to. You know, sometimes when people are very vulnerable, you feel the need to help them, respond to them, whatever. He's not looking for that. No, he's just Mm -mm. he's just out there with himself. But the other thing is, it's a story about families Mm -hmm. and the difficulty, really difficult families. It's a story about restaurants and everybody in the restaurant industry is touting this in the in a big way, saying this is the first time that they've done a restaurant show that really shows the difficulty at the highest level of how very hard it is to do well and sorry go ahead and it's it's about a personal relationship it's about suicide i don't know what it doesn't touch on but there's something in this for everyone there really is well and it's generational Tough to take though tough to take oh it it, you know i'm gonna binge it you're not gonna binge it oh i binged it i I binged it like no other i ate this up and I, Wait, you watched eight, eight episodes of that heaviness in a row? I think I spread it out over like two or three days, but wow. I watched, I kept watching. And I, it's not, it's not like a cliffhanger show. It's not like every episode you have to watch the next episode because it's, it's not, 
it's not that kind of show, but the characters are so interesting. The story is so captivating. And by the way, like as a person who is not familiar with restaurants, getting to see behind in the kitchen was like really cool and really interesting to me. And he, because he's this like, he worked at French Laundry. He, you know, like he's that kind of chef. He's trying to bring that into this restaurant, which is hysterical. Well, he's also trying they, to bring respect for the individuals working there. Right, he which asked, they don't know what to do with. Yeah. They're like, what do you what do you mean? Like, and he calls Why are you calling chef. me chef? You know? Yeah, and he asks everybody to wear the same aprons and they're like, this is a cult. Like, what is wrong with you? And I I think one of the standout performances for me is Ao Ediberi who is the new chef. She comes in, her name's Sydney. I was gonna bring her up. Without her, it's just depressing. It falls apart, yeah. Yeah, um, with her, she is brilliant. And we're gonna great. see a lot of her in a lot of places moving forward. I, I think. think so. Um, and she, she really represents, I think, this kind of, I guess technically she's a millennial, but in this, to me, she represents kind of the Gen Z, uh, generation of of coming in and a great sense of self for a young woman yeah. of color coming into and she has such respect for him as a chef but then at one point she says to him you're a great chef you're a shitty person you know yeah. it's like and she's she doesn't she sets her boundaries up she's got clarity i love her i think she's a great character for people to be looking at to mirror I just, I think well, and I, I really identified with her. There's a moment he's talking to her about, he checked out all of her references and he tells her, I called all your references. Cause she's, she's come in with a business plan for him and she's been there three days. And like, she wants to run this fucking place. And he is like, slow down. Right. I'm, I just need to get this place working, let alone better. Right. And he tells her, I checked your references. And she's like, okay. And, and he says, everyone says you're an outstanding chef, but that you're too eager and that you're impatient and you need to slow down. And you see that come back to bite her, right? You see that tear their relationship apart a bit. And it's- But it's it also just, is what moves him on. In other words, I think yeah, the yin yang, but they both yeah. need each other, you know? Yeah for him not to get mired in where he is and for her to recognize that there's a pathway that doesn't go directly from point A to point B. Really well yeah. done. I, we should, I just we, think it's well set up and, and well executed. And we should really say here, it's based on um, Mr. Beef in Orleans in the Chicago area. Have you ever been there? So yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a very famous Italian beef sandwich shop called Mr. Beef. And it happens to have an address of 666, which, ah. which uh, you know, is the devil's, which is the devil's language, by the way. And I think it's the only property in Chicago to have that kind of uh, 666 address. So, and Jeremy Ellen White went to cooking school for two weeks. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, and I was going to say two weeks. I would I was expecting them to say two months and get this. It's already signed for season two. The minute it, it came out, the minute it came out, it, it came. I mean, people are devouring. Yeah. This. Well, uh -huh. not only that, it also, I mean, I hope you're listening, Netflix and Hulu and everyone. I'm so glad they didn't drop this one a week. I just, it would have driven me yeah. crazy. You know, it would have driven me crazy. The story too. needs I, to be seen. I saw it over a week. I, I, you can't, it's not a week to week to week. So. Yeah. I, I will say, I do think it's funny because uh, Shameless is set on Southside Chicago. Uh, so I, oh, I didn't know. Though, oh, okay. No, Jeremy Allen White is from New York. Um, he is, he's, he's tied to Chicago, man. He's never getting out. It seems like. 
But you know, I, I saw an interview they did with him. Um, uh, no, I'm I'm sorry. I'm I'm talking about the writer now. Do you, did you have you seen for sure? Yeah. Um, yeah, Christopher Storer, he did an interview and he said he comes out of the restaurant industry and he said he really wanted people to see what it was really like versus what, you know, the, yeah. the, the, uh, the film version or the screen versions of what it's like. And he's so pleased that it's getting the kudos, not because, you know, for him necessarily, but because he feels like the industry has not, not, not been as as it, the difficulty of being and running and owning and working in a restaurant yeah. is so great that he feels like it's never gotten its due or recognized as how hard it is. And that's the, what he's so grateful for. Yeah. On this. yeah. And it, it's, we're, we're talking, you know, it's, it's heavy, heavy stuff, oh, but it's God, also heavy. very funny. Um, oh, yeah. Oliver yeah. Platt's in this, which I was so surprised when he showed up. And he's so great. Um, they, they throw a birthday party that goes a little awry. And I don't think I've laughed so hard in a long time. <laughs> well, also Oliver's response to the birthday party yeah. is great. Yeah, I think <laughs> I didn't expect him it. either. I didn't expect him either, but I loved it. Now he also, he played Oliver in the West Wing. He plays, um, he played the council, chief White House council. And yes. he was, he was so funny. Like the West Wing had, has funny moments, but there's not slapstick humor the way Oliver brought it. it. He brought it. He was great. I've loved him ever since. Yeah. Really good. Oh, I, he's, he's outstanding. And also Joel McHale is the, uh, is the chef that Carmi in the flashbacks, you see Joel McHale, he's the chef that Carmi is working under and you know, where he paid his dues and really got abused. Um, and, Joel McHale's a comedian and he plays this really intense, really, you know, abusive chef. And it gives you, it gives you a look into where Carmi came from and, and what, where he learned and how he learned. And John, John Bernthal plays the, the brother who, who passed away. And like, it's just so meticulously cast, um, for a show that's eight episodes on FX. I was, I was really blown away. Um, and it like, it's very funny and it's very deftly handled. There's the relationship between Sydney and one of the um, Liza Colonzias who, who plays Tina, who's like, she's the chef that's been there forever and been doing everything the way that you know, they didn't do really it. feel good about herself till the, till the young yeah. one comes in. Yeah. And there's a, there's a moment. I mean, there's a lot of friction between her and Sydney because Sydney is this young upstart coming in and telling her how to do her job. And there's a moment where Tina realizes that maybe she can learn and maybe this isn't the worst ever when she's been abusing Sydney the whole time. And it's so subtle and it's so beautiful. And like, they don't, they don't push for the laughs. They don't push for the cry, but it's all there. I mean, yeah. I, I definitely in the finale, like I was tearing up in the finale several times. Yeah, um, it's, and it's, it, uh... they earned every moment of it. It's brilliant. Brilliant. All right. Now also we have to do one more shout out, even Moss Backrack, who um, plays Richie, who was the best friend of the brother who's, who's no longer with us. Um, great struggling performance. I mean, he, yeah. his energy depleting performance that guy had uh. to show up for every day. I don't know how he did it because his energy is so wired on the yeah. show and it's, he gets slapped around so much that 
it's I just thought he must have been exhausted at the end of every single day they shot you know really yeah, well done I mean I think they all had to be because like if you think about the kitchen scenes they have to be choreographed because they're all they're all running around each other in this small space and they, they're handling it. I guess it's accurate when they're saying things like behind and corner and things like that and running and there's like chaos in the kitchen and they all have to be everywhere all at once, but it's like a dance, right? Wow. And Richie's Richie doesn't belong in the kitchen, right? So every time he shows up, he's, he's halting everything that's happening in the kitchen. He is the barrier at every turn. And that is such a hard role to play because he he has to stop everything you will recognize him from girls years ago where oh god he, yeah he re, he really showed up there in a big way and i thought he was brilliant in that i think he's brilliant in this he's he's great in this and there's he's he's such an asshole but you you know there's something under there and they're all kind of assholes because they're like south side chicago tough like there's a gang that hangs out out front but they're like old guy gang it's really kind of funny. Um, and he, there's, there's a couple of moments where you get, you get to see under the surface with Richie. Um, and it's, it, it's just really beautiful. Like the whole, the whole pacing of the show, the relationships between the characters, the writing is just stellar. Oh, it's beautiful. Um, yep. And the acting just takes it to the next level. Like I can't recommend the show enough. Me neither. And we'll leave it there because we said it all, but uh, but I wish it well, and I can't. The, what's great about it is we're not going to tell you the ending, but the ending of of of, of the um, first season, it ends. So it's great because the second season there's going to be a great beginning, middle, and end. It's again. a good launching. Yeah, exactly. Season. And I and yeah. it sort of is that one of that lessons of if you're gonna decide you want to do more than one season, make sure you can you can sort of have oh, an I ending. Think, yeah. yeah. They 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 ended on an uplifting note. Um you it's not just a depressing slog through suicide. You're gonna you're gonna enjoy watching this show even though there you're are gonna love the moments. ending. I loved the, the ending. ending is great. So make yeah. sure make sure you watch to to the final episode because yeah. it's really rewarding. Yeah, exactly. Um all right great 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 thanks everyone. Enjoy your week. Bye.